This is the Talk Editions Podcast, episode 34. Today, we're speaking with Sour Spirit, the noise chaos rock duo of Rodney King and Riot Dent, based in Philadelphia. Sour Spirit is a vibrant node of the Philly DIY and underground scene and have played all around the country, including at the 143rd Dimension Festival in San Francisco. Sour Spirit comprises part of the experimental noise and sci-fi inspired band Uloi, alongside Madame Data, Joe Hughes, and Christo. The duo has released a bevy of records, including on Tack's sibling label, Unknown Tapes, run by Gleb Kanasevich. Sour Spirit will be closing out the last night of Swoonfest on May 6th at the Clemente. If you're listening to this before April 20th, you can still get very discounted tickets for Swoonfest at talkensemble.com slash swoonfest. I'm Madison Greenstone, clarinetist of TAC. I'm Ellery Trafford, percussionist from TAC. Our spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my sour spirit, right then. What do you do? Oh, and I play drum and noise doodlings and whatnot. Uh, I'm Rodney King. I do vocals and bass and various noise circuit bent stuff. Awesome. Welcome. We're so we're so enthused to have you. Oh, yeah. here. We're so enthused to have you on this festival, um, like close closing it out. Oh yeah. Um, for like, there might be a lot of listeners to the podcast who like don't know your know your work, mm-hmm. um, who aren't familiar with it, and just kind of for that purpose, um, would you be able to kind of give like an introductory like description of like what you, what your sound is, what you do. Yeah. Lev, you want it or me? You got that. We are... We are... um, A noise... I guess noise punk. Chaos noise. I like chaos noise punk. That's good. Chaos noise rock. Uh, We're partially improvisational um, with certain rules and certain uh sections of our live performance um we scream (laughs) 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 we scream we make like a lot of noises and we uh do a lot of movement in our performance and um release a lot of juice (laughs) release a lot of juice Yeah, every performance is different because it's like kind of based on like what we've gone through the week during the week or what we're thinking about. It's all like uh, it's even or basic. Diff- or yeah. different is that we set for ourselves for that night. Yeah, yeah, we'll have like a little talk before, and like we'll be like, okay, we're gonna let's hit them with this in the beginning, and then go to this and that. Let's hit them with a meek or whatever in the beginning first. What is whatever what or whatever instrument breaks first. Yeah, yeah. So we'll decide, like, you know, let me start off on the drums and then I'll come in, or I'll start with a bass line and you come in. But there usually be, like, something that we, that one of us wants to do that night. Like, we want to have, like, a very atmospheric part. I'll be like, all right, let's go into the atmospheric part about halfway through. But we kind of have just, like, guidelines like that more than, like, a set list. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Awesome. Like, in the moment, it's more improvisatory. Like, just feel what leads into what, sort of organically. Yeah, and it's it's kind of based upon like like also looking out in the crowd too. So if it's like you know people are vibing, that's like all right, let's turn it up a little bit so they can like get a little shook up, you know, like um, yeah, yeah. Or sometimes if people are vibing, then it's like oh, let's stop everyone from dancing real quick, maybe or something like. <laughs> yeah. It's whatever is the most entertaining to us. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there's definitely like a space for like, you know, feeling like a building of energy, but then just like drastically disrupting it Mm -hmm. and like stabilizing it. Yes, yes. I mean, I think we kind of like in general are trying to destabilize like a lot of, a lot of like, uh, I guess kind of rock structures because we play like rock instrumentation, kind of a rock style, but. I think we have a lot of, like, I have a lot of jazz influence. Like, I don't really have a lot of experience playing jazz, but I have a lot of experience listening to jazz. So I think I'm kind of more inspired by that kind of thing. And um, and we also just listen to a lot of rap and stuff. So we, like, listen to a lot of different stuff than what we actually perform. So kind of like to be disruptive in performing this kind of style, I think. Um. Oh, just like going going off of like disrupting like rock structures in like I was doing a little bit of reading in the 143rd Dimension website and like mm-hmm. your bio in there specifically like says like you're playing within and in spite of traditional rock structures. Yeah, that's actually that's the homie Alex Smith. Shout out Alex Smith. But he wrote uh, he wrote that bio for us like a while a while back. And it actually, once he wrote it, I was like, yeah, that's right. That's true, actually. That's true. Because <laughs> uh, I, I think, like, a lot of the shows that we started playing in, it would be with, like, well, just shows we play in general. It's with a lot of, like, like indie rock bands and stuff like that. Especially Which, earlier. Especially earlier on, yeah. We'd be kind of, like, um, we'd be kind of, like, the the outlier in a lot of the set, in a lot of the um, shows we play. So it was kind of, I think that kind of just came naturally. And usually also, you'd usually be the only black people there, the only black performers too. So just kind of just wanted to disrupt things if you're in that position. <laughs> Is that like a, a goal from the, the onset of the band? Like we always like interested in like disrupting sort of like rock uh, idiomatics or did you just like start off a little bit in a, a different format and just like find this? I, I think it's, yeah. Well, I I don't know if it was necessarily conscious or more natural that we just do that because I think that like the way we play and the way we like uh, approach playing together now has kind of evolved or cha- just changed a little bit. Uh, so I don't know if like consciously that was a thing or more just like a product of the way that we like create stuff together because. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's the style of music that we that we were listening to also when we started. It's kind of all like very uh we just like a lot of weird random stuff. And so I think just combining all those things together kind of creates a cognitive dissonance that's like uh disruptive. And I think just the the performers that I like are usually disruptive. Like I think I, like when I was younger I liked like Iggy Pop and stuff, like people that are like wilding out and all that, so and we like a lot of, we both like a lot of like Japanese, Japanese noise rock type of stuff. So 
I think that probably added influence to when we started actually performing live. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Or> actually. <laughs> um, could you tell us a little bit about like the background of Sour Spirit? Like, mm-hmm. for for those listening who don't know, like you all are brothers. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Together. Yeah. Um. When did you start like making music together and like how did Sour Spirit kind of arise? (laughs) So I'm the younger and he's the older brother. So I feel like we've been playing. Riot is the younger. Yeah, I'm the younger, right? Riot the younger. (laughs) Riot the younger, I like that's kind of (laughs) hard. But um, we've been playing together for a long time because, uh, you know, living together as kids and stuff like that. So our parents both were playing instruments, our dad, uh, bass and guitar and all that stuff. My mom, uh, piano, violin and all that stuff. Uh, Ave was playing. Ave, you go ahead because you were playing before I was. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, I think I started... I started like on the. I play, used to play piano. Used to play cello. I was like really little, and uh, I started playing bass. And I really wanted to play like uh, I wanted to play like Booty Collins, like slap slap P funk bass. That's why I, when I first took bass lessons, I was like, I want to learn how to play that shit. Like, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. But then like Lev started to play instruments too, and he was also. He was also like absorbing music that I was listening to because it was in the days of like LimeWire and Kazaa. So I just had like this massive music library, and uh, and little and without me knowing it, he was going into my musical library and just like picking and choosing stuff and kind of like. He went off to college and left the computer, all his books, all, <laughs> all his, uh, you know, most of his CDs and records and all music stuff cassettes at the house. So. I just had free reign to explore all that shit for years, pretty much. Yeah. And then he kind of, Lev kind of started to, Lev was in like his own band and stuff. He was developing his own taste. And then I was, I was just being in various bands now. And, and then I kind of started to be like, yo, let me get, uh, I got, I know a drummer. I know somebody that plays bass and that would be my brother. And then we, were, <laughs> we were just in a multiple band. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we were in we were in like maybe two bands in between before leading up to Sour Spirit or kind of during. It was um, dance. Dance. Of the dance. That was the first one, the dance, yeah. Yeah. And then there was uh Shed as well. I'm not sure if that yeah. was um That was after Sour Spirit started. Yeah. But we but yeah, we yeah, we I think yeah. Yeah, we had started Sour Spirit already before that. But I think Sour Spirit actually just started um, when I just like was like, yo, Lev, let's just go jamming. He had a drum set. <laughs> I was like, yo, let's just go jamming. Yeah. Yeah, we started making noisy shit. <laughs> wow, that's that's like so cool to hear about this this trajectory of like a musical family and then like continuing like continuing that and like yeah, yeah. it's funny a lot, a lot of times when we talk about it people are 
I know some people are like, oh, like I can't believe you're that tight with your brother like that. That you're playing in a band with him, like, you know. Oh, yeah. But it's kind of it's kind of one of the things that's like unified us because we both like have similar tastes. So, all right, all right. And the, the, I feel like there's a like there's certain chemistry for like as far as jamming is concerned and improv. There's a certain special chemistry from like jamming with somebody that you know as well as your brother. I feel like I see that with this other band, uh, Dog from New York. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The two brothers in that band, and it's just like there's a certain uh, there's a certain spirit that flows through that. That's a little like specific and stuff. It's interesting. Yeah. Like you need to do a little bit less like head yeah. nods to each other because you can just automatically know where the other person's going because you know what right. they, how they act and how they be. <laughs> right. Especially when it's like music that's so based off of like finding like each other's vibe and playing like an energy game or an emotion game while playing like trying to feel out emotions and whatever while playing it's a lot easier when it's your brother i guess yeah yeah that's really fascinating like that kind of connection that's sort of like almost like telepathic connection like it feels like that sometimes (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic Um, what, okay, so like your tastes kind of throughout your musical trajectory have been like oriented towards like rock and like punk and noise. And I like, I want to ask you like, what does noise mean to you? Like both as like a genre, but also as like a practice Um, and like also something potentially like as a social practice. Mm. I mean, I I I personally kind of just think of noise as like like distorted jazz a little bit. I'm kind of like it's just like because because it's freer. It's like it's like aggressive, but it's like but it doesn't. I guess it doesn't have to be aggressive, but the way that we play it is. But it's like aggressive, but it's like just this free a way that's more free to me than like than rock and punk um it's all about it's like uh it's, it's kind of just all about freedom like it's like we don't have to have a verse coming up right here we could just like cut the drums out and just like both scream <laughs> mm-hmm. we just feel like it <laughs> i always i always think uh cause, catharsis when it comes to noise and like uh at least when it comes to like physically making noise and stuff, not necessarily listening, but like at least making noise, like because of that freedom he's talking about, always like think of it as, uh, it sounds cheesy to say therapeutic because I don't mean like as far as like solving any mental thing, but it's like releasing, physically releasing a lot of stuff that's not physical. Yeah. A lot of, I feel like a lot of personal level for sure. Yeah. I don't know if that's like uh, relate, like listening to it, but like at least on a physical making it level, it's definitely like a physical cathartic release of like non-physical shit. Yeah, I feel like a lot. We've met a lot of like noise musicians that have like you know really wild stage personalities and stuff, and you think that they're that they're gonna be like a certain way off the stage, but they're actually just like really calm because they got it all out. 
I feel, I feel like it's the same thing for us too. Like we're, we're I feel like we're two pretty chill dudes. So we wild out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I love the sort of like saturation and like really heavy sort of electronic fuzz. It it feels like yeah, physical. This outpouring of just like yeah, this really strong energy. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying I'm glad I'm glad that comes through. That's what we're trying to trying to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very nice sort of like punch in the face. It's great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I'm I'm curious. Do you have a difference in, um, I guess, like composition or like construction when you look at a live set versus like a studio recording? Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Because <laughs> it's it's funny like. We don't ever have anybody say like, "Yo, play this uh, this and that song." Because we don't <laughs> like whatever whatever you heard on the record. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that. Or we might do like a version of it, but it's not gonna be yeah. the same thing for sure. Like like this one, the one album, Cataclysm. Okay, we don't we don't really play like anything from that. Um, like we we play like a song Chug once in a while, but it sounds it'll just start off the same way as as the recording. And it'll just turn into a different thing. But when we when we're in the studio, like we'll we'll do for different records, we've done different stuff. But like for that Cataclysm OK one, we kind of did a thing where we were just um, we, we I don't remember exactly, but we kind of did a thing where we wrote down like how we were feeling, just how we like different things we were feeling in life in general, and then we like put together what we were both feeling, and then those are the different tracks pretty much. Mm. So it's kind of similar to the live construction because it's what we're feeling, but it's more like when we're recording in the studio, we take time and like put things like um, pre yeah. pre organized things more than we do right live. Well, I think we'll spend more time uh, battering down a riff, trying to yeah make one riff feel as right as perfect. As opposed to live, where it's just like everything that comes out is kind of what just what it is. Mm -hmm. Find the most like I don't know. We we'll try to at least slide into the most uh, accurate thing. I guess when we're recording. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's also like a very like a really beautiful ethos of just like or like an expanded kind of notion of improvisation too, where it's like it's not only like like an improvisatory like responsiveness between you but also to like a greater energy or a greater like like an, a greater energy of the moment like on a local community world you know world stage of just like yeah. oh what's the, what's the vibe like looking around on the street you know or like yeah. like at home or in your community and like yeah yeah and that's definitely probably one of the reasons why we don't play uh, songs that we recorded as much because they're like extremely of the moment kind of mm -hmm. even if, if for better or for worse like whether it's like good of the moment stuff or bad of the moment it's like yeah yeah like I think about like like I don't know like a beating Beatles and the Rolling Stones and stuff like they got to play the same song <laughs> for like 60 years like ugh <laughs> god ugh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then at that point you're like performing for an audience like what 
you project their idealized version of you is so that they can like have consumable experience of that. Mm. And they wrote those bops in their twenties, you know. Right. And yeah. Who wants to relive their twenties? Um I wanted to like kind of circle back to this like noise like conversation like what is what does noise mean to you and like something that I was like getting from what you're saying was that there's also like like yeah there's a sort of like catharsis of like the non-physical through the physical which itself is like really um like a profound thing to think about and to kind of like a profound ethic to sort of metabolize um but I feel like there's also like a lot of love in there, you know, like love of the craft, like of like of your brother, like love of like love of the audience, like even if it's like harsh or like it's extraordinarily loud, like there I think like is that joy and that love and the liberation of just like showing up to the moment and like really like giving your like giving your spirit even if it's sour, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's like once, like, the audience, though, everybody in the room, once, like, the sounds have happened and it's evolved in that, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. especially through, like, there's the sound is the one thing, and then there's Ave, who's, I mean, there's Rodney, who's. Worlds are colliding at the same Fourth wall. No, but, like, I definitely feel that because even though the sound or what we're doing may be or seem aggressive and stuff, I feel like we're all still kind of doing it together because even just accepting and, you know, standing a part of it mm. is like being a part of it to me. Uh, and like, yeah, and Ave kind of, I like the way Ave like embodies kind of a little spirit moving through everybody, making sure everybody literally feels a part of it, you know, within reason and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, had, I've had some close calls there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's true because I, I think it's like a thing of where, like in the uh, like in hardcore, where there's like a mosh pit and stuff, you would always see if someone falls, like people pick them up real quick. You know, there's like that kind of like it's aggress- aggression being expressed, but at the same time, we're all like you know, looking out for each other still. And we're all like, you know, part of the same thing, all unified for the, for the moment. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we have some set, I think, I can't remember where, this might've been at one of the buddy fests, but we had a set and it was like, you know, we're playing and I just started hugging everybody that looked like they needed a hug. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> those people listening buddy fest is like this awesome noise extravaganza festival that mm-hmm. where where does it actually where does it take place again it's like it used to be in new pulse but then he moved to pink okay yeah yeah, yeah right uh right what were you gonna you're gonna say something no i was just saying kingston new york yes yeah. yeah buddy buddy fest is sweet though um uh yeah we did that a couple years in a row but that's a really good 
like like these these fests are really good spots to just like meet meet like a whole bunch of other people that are doing weird shit, doing very various <laughs> weird things. <laughs> yeah, and um, I just want to read something that well, Al pointed me to this interview. Um, that's kind of about Uloy, um, mm. this band, this noise orchestra that you you are a Found, that you're founding members of um but this is like an excerpt from madam data speaking um and i just wanted to read it um for for people who like don't like don't know this scene but then also to kind of like tie into this sort of like spirit of yeah like care and like love for the craft um so what she or what, yeah, what they're, what they're saying is, um, I think we fit into traditions of experimental and improvised music like the AACM as bearers of a promise that was made by experimental music, the promise to put disparate elements together with deep faith into, into approach that existential interface with grace and love. Um, it is so good with the words. Yeah, I, know. Yeah. I know, I read this and I was just like, oh my God. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah yeah and yes. they're like talk they're talking about like cure neuringer and um irreversible entanglements mm -hmm. and that you know people are talking about like the fury and the power of of the band and he wishes that they were all like he wishes people realized the music was made with like deep love for each other for the craft the history um for the people yeah mm -hmm. and so i just wanted to like bring that into the fold of conversation. Yeah. I mean, like that was, that was the thing that was, that felt so like right about Luloy because it's like, it's like me and Lev were like, we have this thing, like we have homies and we want to like ex extend this thing, you know, because it's like, just like the way that all the elements come, like, like when we, <laughs> when we were putting Luloy together, it was kind of like a, like a <laughs> it's kind of like a boy band process in my head <laughs> i was like i was like like who's the illest like <laughs> and who like who, who's the illest and also who have we we've also like like done things where we um collab with other other bands so like we played with joe before joe's in the was in a group called static brothers and then one time there was one fest where we played back-to-back -back sets and then in between we did it like a collab set mm. and it's just like this, these people like this pierce this person understands what we're doing and they like caught into it really quick so that's combined with all these people that were cool with like personally and like musically and it just like became a more expansive uh structure of love <laughs> i think also too like one way i was thinking about it when we were you know trying to put that together was like also, like, I think I kind of made everybody as characters in my head in a sense. Yeah, they, yeah, that's all. <laughs> music and different projects they're a part of and the sounds they make. And, like, you know, what would we, what characters of sound are we going to put together to make the most interesting or weirdest or most, like, you know, within the idea of what he was saying, like, these people that we've met that already have the same mindset towards, like, experimentation and music and shit. 
which you know sound characters now we're putting together that'll make like the weirdest like picture and shit not visual picture but you know the weirdest like sonic picture or the weirdest puzzle you know that's the anime influence yeah (laughs) 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 kind of build a squad (laughs) dragon ball z or something (laughs) for real How can we level each other up even higher? <laughs> right, right. No, actually, though, that part. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned anime in that that article, but also uh, a little bit of sci-fi as well, right? Because, like, Uloi is referenced by Octavia Butler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Is is that something that's, like, sp- specific to the Uloi project, or does Sour Spirit also kind of take on those influences as well? I, I think it is specific to Uloi, but I think starting Uloi kind of, at least for me, it helped me realize that that's already existed in Sour Spirit. But, because Uloi is a creature um, for people listening that aren't familiar with Octavia Butler. She uh, she has like a trilogy where she has aliens that uh, they don't like capture humans, but they kind of like uh, colonize humans pretty much. And um, it's kind of like a there's there's like male aliens and there's these creatures called Uloids who are sort of like uh, conduits between the different aliens and humans, but also between different sexes and different genders and different everything. But the Ulo is kind of in in the center of the creation of the new race, pretty much. So that's why I named it Uloid because we're like combining all these different elements mm. and uh, kind of trying to create something. And also, we just all love sci-fi, so. Anything to fuck with the, the sci-fi theme is we're down with pretty much, um, and I mean, yeah, all like in our in our visuals and videos and stuff, we like use sci-fi and anime and stuff. And I write and I write too, so I write sci-fi. So it's well, all it's all woven in throughout everything. <laughs> is there anywhere that one could read this? Oh. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned no. Um, no, I do, I do. <laughs> no, I don't have a lot of, I don't have stuff out. I'm more like write for myself, but I do have, I am like putting out comics. I, I just plug my comics right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> I have comics, comics under my name, Rodney King. But uh, yeah, I like, I like, um, I'm influenced by like Octavia Butler and like William Burroughs and any like kind of more revolutionary kind of sci-fi stuff. Um, or like or disruptive sci-fi stuff anything along that and mostly like soft sci-fi as opposed to hard sci-fi like I like Samuel Delaney over like Ray Bradbury yeah I definitely went through a long like definitely went through a long Philip K. Dick you know yeah oh definitely PKD I like the Octavia Butler as well for sure Warren Ellis Warren Ellis, yeah, I was heavy on Warren Ellis. Anything cyberpunk or paranoid fiction thing mm-hmm. is like definitely an influence, like whether it comes to that would transfer over to music and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we found a full, there was like a place near us that sold like quarter comic books. And yeah. we had like the whole full run of Transmetropolitan. And we both read it like kind of at the same time. So I feel like that influenced both of us. That's a really great connection. Like the best sci-fi is 
by its nature like disruptive makes I think so. human examine things and like what well, you need to change yeah exactly, exactly. Uh, uh there's a there's a quote that's on your Bandcamp page uh is that you, it, but uh, it's in, in place of a bio it says uh this thing stinks and sweats and lurks <laughs> through the murk i watch it work it is sour like the clouds inside out a coat of shroud is that uh is that attributable to, to one of you or is that from a uh, another bit media i wrote that yeah <laughs> I, I think it kind of means it means uh it, it's i think it can mean different things but i think it's like talking about like evil and talking about like various supremacies you know that lurks within all of us uh yeah that's pretty much yeah it's just uh that's what we're screaming at pretty much is that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't like to put a name on it but you know it's it's that thing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, I feel like that's sort of like pointing nature, you know, and like that naming nature is like so like tangible. Yeah. Like tangible in the music, tangible and like, like the sheer energy, mm-hmm. like the sheer like physical and sonic energy, like of your recordings and performances. Yeah, I, I, I uh, I realized like a lot of, a lot of like heavier music I used to listen to, or not used to, but I used to listen to it and not realize it, but I realized that like, I don't know a lot of lyrics from heavy music. Like, I don't know what they're saying, <laughs> 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 but it's like the, but I just, I really like, you know, the energy of that kind of music. So, and like, and I also really like um, Homegirl from uh, Cocktail Twins. Uh, I forget what her name is. Uh, I really like her because she does like this thing where she like twists word around and she gets like this like glossolalia kind of thing going. Mm. So you like can only hear certain things of what she's saying, but it's like you get you just like that's enough to give you the feeling of what she's trying to convey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely have that impression like listening as well. Like sometimes it's just this like like screaming or this like <laughs> yelling that like seems beyond language or like kind of extending language to yeah. a point where like it's beyond semantic meaning but just like exists yeah i like that with a lot of rap too like uh, i love young thugger like uh, I love, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like he, <laughs> he's just like he's amazing to me i mean uh he just gives up so many different flows and so many different like voices and so many different uh he just gives up so much in one song it's like uh i don't know it blows my mind but, <laughs> but yeah i like that kind of thing like i just I, mean, I just like language in general but i like slang i like distortions of language and uh yeah i think you can express more when you twist it up yeah and like, and, like make new meanings too yeah exactly right and that's like i think that's like kind of the thing that ada's talking about too with like the hope like like building on the hope of like the past experimenters it's like going even more beyond anything that was already there or trying to trying to find a way to go more beyond right. mm-hmm. and there's also um 
like a there's also like a bit in um the 143rd dimension website that is like we are imagining and embodying the future like as the futures we exist in so there's also this kind of like cool like time jump like time lag where it's like no like or that that all seems to relate to sci-fi where it's like projecting a possible future but doing it now not mm -hmm. as something that's delayed but like deliberately creating it in the present or like as a present yeah yeah i, I uh i don't know I, I used to do i used to do like food not bombs and, and stuff like that and not not so much anymore unfortunately but like i feel like this is i don't know like this kind of like my way of helping of uh, I don't want to make it sound too heavy than heavier than it is, but I mean it's like my input on the future is is this music stuff is like kind of trying to expand it and like create lanes for different people that haven't been there in, in the experimental scene. Like it's kinda of like you know, it's kinda of, it's kinda of, um uh what's the word? Homogeneous. I don't know. It's kinda of like a lot of the same similar people that, that makes like the kind of music. So I think just like our existence uh hopefully is providing pathways for other people that are like us to mm. get into it and to express themselves and get that therapy out. <laughs> it I like the idea of forcing forcing the uh kind of not forcing the future now, but like I like that idea just because I feel like a lot of times we make shit with whatever we have. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, um, I just got an interface this week. <laughs> I just got an interface. And, like, I feel like um, there's always this thing of, like, using junk and trash and shit to, like, put together and build something stronger and something that's like, I guess, non-existent now, which is like, I feel like how we usually put together our music and stuff like that, which I feel like is kind of similar, kind of like, I don't know, we're kind of forcing, forcing, I don't know, forcing shit in a good way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's how, that's like the, the punk thing and the hip hop thing, like, like, you know, rap starting on, like, a bunch of stolen samplers and stuff from the blackouts or whatever. Like, I love shit like that. Like, yeah. it's beautiful. <laughs> and it blossoms into this beautiful thing that we have now. Right, right. Well, we're kind of at the moment where we should start, like, wrapping down. Um, but before we do that... Um, I wanted to ask if there's any like shows, any releases, any other bands or, or whatever that you'd like to plug or just like give a shout out to. Um, yeah, like yeah. anything exciting that's like coming up or people doing cool shit or, yeah. We're working on a split right now with uh, and, and collab album with uh, Mannequin Eater. 
but that's probably going to be coming out next. Don't say a date. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we also have been. We've had a session with gang. Shout out gang and PTP crew and all them. Big ups, big ups, big ups. Yeah. So something collab. That's called, that's called something, Star Vision. Star Vision, right? <laughs> something will happen. With that. Yeah, I think those are the main things that we've got going on right now. Is, uh, mm-hmm. those, those. And Lev's, Lev's got. Oh. oh yeah! Oh yeah! Right, right, then, right, then's got a uh, solo album coming out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah, that'll be in the near future too. Cool. I am looking forward to to seeing that, hearing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, Ava is also going to be in New York. April. I mean, Rodney's going to be in New York. April. Something selling comics. All throughout April, there's a, there's a um, PTP is doing it uh, every Sunday in April. I don't know if this is coming out before April or not, but uh, PTP is doing uh, a thing every Sunday in April, which is like a it's like an open market in Brooklyn. Um, I forget where exactly, but it's on the PTP gram. But yeah, I'll be there. I think I'll be there next week Sunday, and maybe some more other Sundays. I'll be flying in comics, but they're gonna have. It's gonna be a bunch of people there selling comics and clothes and music and merch, yeah. all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, what does PTP stand for? It's got a couple of different meanings. It's a uh, it's uh, protecting the peace, you know, uh, purple tape pedigree. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's got like a whole bunch of different meanings, but I think protecting the peace is kind of the main one. That, that it's kind of like a, a collective thing, but I think that's. I believe that's what Gang would say is, is protecting the peace. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. Awesome conversation. Um, yeah, and again, uh, Sour Spirit will be closing out Swoonfest on May 6th at the Clemente at 9 p.m. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. This episode was produced by Marina Kifferstein, Charlotte Mundy, Madison Greenstone, and Ellery Trafford, and edited by Marina Kifferstein. If you like the Talk Editions podcast, please follow us, subscribe, like, review, tell your friends, and be sure to check out Swoonfest on May 5th and 6th at the Clemente, which is in Lower Manhattan. The music from the beginning of this episode and that you're listening to right now is by Sour Spirit from their album Live Dust 3. It's linked in the show notes. Check it out on Bandcamp. You can find more information about Swoonfest at talkensemble.com swoonfest and get those super discounted tickets through April 20th. You do not want to miss it. You can find more about Talk Ensemble at talkensemble.com or follow us on socials at Talk Ensemble. Thanks for listening.